So I pray, Master, that you will speak to each and every one of us through the words that I may speak, but through those silent promptings of your Holy Spirit in our minds and hearts. And we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, we just sung a hymn that many of us have sung many times before over the years. Uh, it may have been new to some of you, but it didn't sound like it at any rate. Um, sounded as if we all knew it fairly well. Master, speak thy servant here is waiting for thy gracious word. And in the second verse, the hymn continues, speak to me by name, O Master, let me know it is to me. I wonder whether we actually believe that uh, God really does speak to each and every one of us. And I wonder whether we really believe that something may happen to us when we are in church or something may happen to us when we sit down and read the Bible. Something may happen to us when we sit down and say our prayers that will actually change the course of our life or what we do, where we go and all the rest of it. I wonder whether we're open to the fact that God might want to speak to us when we're doing an ordinary job at home or at work or in the community. Christians of various denominations today are being invited to mark this day as Vocations Day, or Vacation Sunday. And the idea is based on the fact that God does call people to particular tasks at particular times, sometime for a lifetime, sometimes for a lifetime of service, sometimes for specific things at a particular time for a limited period, maybe. In some Christian traditions, it's been thought uh, as applying particularly to a few particular jobs, such as ministry in the church, or nursing, or teaching, uh, and medical work. Um, but the things that God calls us to do may range well beyond those small number of occupations. God calls people to a variety of tasks. But as a church, do we really believe that God calls us as individuals to do things? How do we hear what God is saying to us? How does he speak to us? What ways does he come to us? Well, we've heard three Bible readings there together this evening, quite apart from the opening one, which was a very well-known passage about the call of the disciples when several of them were about their daily occupation of fishing. But those three readings that we just heard um, all tell us something about the different ways in which God calls us. So I just want to say a word or two about each of them. First of all, those words from Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy, of course, was one of Paul's helpers. He's mentioned in a number of his letters. When Paul wrote the letter to Timothy, it was partly a personal letter um, telling him of the sort of things that are needed of anybody who's going to be involved in Christian leadership. But it was also a letter about how the church should be governed, good church government. Paul is obviously impressed with this young man and his Christian credentials. He's been brought up in a Christian home, and uh, Paul very particularly mentions the faith of his mother and the faith of his grand grandmother, mentioning them by name women of great faith. But then Paul goes on to challenge Timothy very directly. And he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And the picture that Paul draws there is of trying to get a fire going. 
Some of you may have lived in houses where you actually have to light a fire, you know, a proper fire with wood and coal that smoke goes up the chimney uh, before the days of central heating. You may have lived in other parts of the world where you have to light a fire either indoors or maybe outdoors or you've had to light a bonfire. You have to get the materials, you have to um, get something to ignite the fire. But then, of course, the, the very important ingredient in all this is oxygen. You've got to have a good air supply and sometimes a fire needs to be fanned, whether it's outdoors or indoors, in order to, to get it going. It's that picture that Paul mentions here. Now, God gives us gifts in different ways, but they're gifts to be developed. Um, some of them are natural gifts, and the, like the ability to work with our, our hands. I'm sure that most of you by now have noticed, um, even if you weren't here on Good Friday, you will have noticed the sculpture out in the reception area of the homeless Jesus. We had a special dedication of that sculpture on Good Friday. And uh, we're very fortunate to have this thought-provoking sculpture created by the Canadian sculptor Timothy, uh, Timothy Schmaltz. Yes, another man called Timothy, but I don't think it was him that the Apostle Paul was writing to. But nonetheless, he must have taken the, the message that Paul was writing in the sense of fanning into a flame the gift that he had been given. This Timothy, who created this, must have somehow discovered that he had got a gift then he would have had to work at it, practice, no doubt make many things that weren't up to much and throw them away again before he got to something that was really worthwhile. He had to develop what he had been given. Now, our natural gifts that God has given us may not be for creating things. Some of us are not much good with our hands. Maybe for writing or speaking or organising or cooking, baking, hospitality, all sorts of things. The question is, what have we done with those things that are, are our natural abilities? What have we done with those things that God has given to us? Have we developed them as we should have done? Or have we even recognised that we've got them? At the heart of one of the great parables that Jesus told, there is the principle of accountability. I think you know the parable that I'm referring to. It is, of course, the parable of the talents, as we call it. And when Jesus told that parable of the talents, uh, what he would have been referring to was coins of money, because that's what talents meant in the society where Jesus lived. What people did with what they had, their resources, was important. But the principle remains the same for the way in which we use the word talents. It's all part of what God's given us, whether it's our money or whether it's our abilities. The question is about accountability. Having received these things from God, what do we do with them? And do we develop those things? Do we use them as God has given them to us? So the question that comes to us tonight on this vacation Sunday, perhaps to each and every one of us, is, is there some gift that we've got that we have not fanned into a flame? Does it still need the oxygen? Our second reading that Michael read for us um, takes us into the missionary journeys of Paul, middle of the Acts of the Apostles, and particular into the time when he was in Asia Minor, or the part that we now call Turkey. Paul had a strategy about his missionary journeys. He sort of knew where he was going. He planned. He wanted to go from here to there um, in some sort of orderly fashion. Sometimes he wanted to be in a certain place by a certain time. 
um, and uh, so on. But at the time of our short reading in the, this particular chapter, Paul was planning to travel northwards in Turkey, up to Bithynia, which is sort of almost on the Black Sea, as we would notice on our maps these days. But for some reasons that were very clear to Paul, but he, but he doesn't tell us what they were, for some reasons he was unable to make that journey. He was blocked. And almost at the same time as he was blocked from doing that journey, he had a vision of somebody in a different direction altogether, westwards over in uh, Greece and Macedonia, crying out, come over and help us. And taking into account the blockage of that journey, he answers the call to go in that direction. And so Paul and his companions go to Macedonia, which meant going first of all, of course, to Greece. Now many of us, like Paul, have our plans, don't we? We've decided what job we're going to do, we've decided where we're going to live, we've decided who we're going to live with, uh, we've decided what we're going to enjoy, we've decided what church we're going to belong to, what style of life we're going to have. We've got all sorts of plans. And occasionally, those plans get disturbed. Maybe something doesn't go right. Maybe a certain job doesn't plan out quite as we expected to. Maybe some crisis happens in the family through illness or through somebody's death. Or maybe we just have an uncomfortable feeling about where we are in life. Now you may know the saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because it may just be that God has plans that are not quite the same as ours. And... Um, Sometimes God, when he has plans that are not quite the plans that we seem to be following, he has ways of blocking things so that we can't pursue our plans anymore. And at the same time, there may come a sort of a, a hint, a prompting, a something that makes us go into a direction that we would not thought of otherwise. Looking back over my ministry, I remember a number of people who've spoken to me on different occasions, different circumstances about the way in which they felt prompted in life that something has got to be different. One was a woman who was challenged during a sermon during the season of Lent when we were thinking about decisions and choices as we do in that season. And uh, she had become increasingly uncomfortable about the, the size and the pace of the arms race. And she felt she had to make some sort of response to this. And the sermon on that Sunday in Lent was just the trigger point for doing something about what she felt uncomfortable about for, for some time. And she felt she had to start a local disarmament group in the village where she lived. One was a man who was involved in the, the aeronautical industry, who was feeling increasingly uncomfortable as to the ethics, as to the business that he was in, what it was about. Was it really a, a, a godly thing to be involved in? One was a young woman who very successfully ran a cafe in the middle of a town. Um, but she became sufficiently disturbed by the number of homeless people on the street, very near to her lovely cafe, that she uh, had to become involved. She, just had to, she was pressed into becoming involved in the winter night shelter and uh, using her gifts of uh, cooking and her knowledge and all the rest of it and then beyond that to thinking perhaps she should also become a street pastor and go out on the streets in the night with other Christian street pastors. 
If your plans aren't going very well in life, it may be that God's trying to tell you something. Maybe God's trying to say something to us about the present direction of our travel or to take us somewhere else. Or if we feel disturbed about a particular issue, maybe God is trying to tell us that we need to be more concerned about that and to pray about it. and Maybe not just pray about it, but to get stuck in and do something. God sometimes calls us by making us restless. And we shall only find a sense of peace, of course, when we move ourselves into that place where we are in line with God's plans. So sometimes God calls us through our natural talents and abilities that we have to do something to foster and fan into a flame. Sometimes God calls us to things by making us restless in the place where we are at this moment in time. The third word in the title of our sermon tonight is the word dragooned, which we don't often use, I think, in language these days. If you're dragooned into something, you're coerced into doing it. We talk about people being dragooned into the army or the forces. I think during the years that I've been a Methodist minister, I have acquired a reputation for uh, persuading people to do things that they otherwise would not have volunteered to do. I mean, you have to do that if you're a minister. You have to raise money, but you have to also persuade people to take on all sorts of jobs they wouldn't have done otherwise. I remember years ago when I was in Bradford, quite a good group of young people in the church, and uh, I always tried to make it my job to encourage them to be involved in doing active things in the life of the church according to their abilities and their talents as they grew up. And uh, <clears throat> they obviously got wise to this. I remember walking down the aisle after the service one Sunday morning and Two of the teenage lads were there, and I said, oh, I'm I'm glad I've seen you this morning. And before I could go any further, they held up their hands, and they put one step backwards, and they said, no, no, whatever it is, we're not going to do it. (laughs) Well, they listened to me after they'd laughed, and they did whatever it was I'd asked them to do. You know, quite often in the life of our small Christian communities in, in local churches, somebody will get tapped on the shoulder and they'll be asked to consider doing something that they might never have imagined doing themselves. But somebody else could see their potential. Or it may have been, of course, that some circumstances were a bit desperate and a person was really persuaded, almost pushed into stepping into the breach. And often if we respond to a call like that in a time of crisis, if we allow ourselves to be a bit pushed having been tapped on the shoulder, we shall find that we grow in faith and grow in confidence. The supreme example, it seems to me, of somebody being dragooned into service is that single verse that Mary Rose read to us out of the crucifixion story, the story of Simon of Cyrene. Simon is uh, seized upon by the Roman soldiers who were able to pick anybody at any time to do any job, so it seems, uh, to commandeer them for anything. And he was forced to carry the cross of Jesus because the soldiers realised that um, Jesus was not in a fit state to carry his own cross any longer. We don't really know much about Simon. We're told he comes from Cyrene, which is uh, in North Africa. In one of the Gospels, he's described as the father of Rufus and Alexander, some people think he's the Rufus that's mentioned later on in Paul's letter to the Romans. And something as, uh, of a Christian tradition has grown up around Simon of Cyrene 
as to the fact that uh, he was the person who became involved in the missionary endeavour that took the Christian faith to Africa. You know, when people are dragooned into doing something, or even rather smartly tapped on the shoulder, there are two ways of reacting. We can either respond with resistance. We can say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get help. I'm not going to help. I'm not going to get involved. It's my life. I want to stay in control of what I'm doing. I want to choose. Or we can respond willingly, embracing whatever the challenge is. If we do that, it may involve a little bit of dying to self, as we call it. But if we're dying to self in order to live for Christ, then we have seen that business of being tapped on the shoulder or coerced into doing something. We've seen it as a call from God. And we are moving into the place where God wants us to be. Yesterday, as you probably know, was the Queen's 92nd birthday. I think, in a sense, she is a person who is a good example of somebody who was a bit dragooned into service. As a young child, she never imagined that she would finish up as Queen of England. It was only through the abdication of her uncle, who uh, was Edward VIII. After that, she became second in line to the throne. And uh, not many years after, because her father died quite young, she became queen at a very young age. That was a call that could have been resisted. It could have been taken on with bad grace. But Elizabeth has taken that as a call from God. She has spoken to it quite clear, about it quite clearly as a call from God. And her work as a service to God and the country and the commonwealth. And she has responded with a clear, lifelong commitment for which many people in the country, in the Commonwealth and other nations of the world as well um, have reason to be thankful for. And God does sometimes call us to do things that we would never have imagined ourselves for any time at all. Um, we would never have imagined ourselves doing or to be in places that we would never have imagined going to, or being involved alongside people that we would never imagined being with. We need that spirit of openness if we're going to be in accordance with God's plans. So let me just remind you briefly where I've tried to take us this evening, those three areas of call, really. We thought about how God might call us through the talents that he'd given us and how we need to develop them. We thought about how God sometimes calls us through making us restless, the restlessness that may actually point us in the direction of going somewhere else where God wants us to be. And we thought about how God may sometimes stir us out of our comfort zones as we find ourselves pushed into something new. And finally, let me read you a very short quotation from Cardinal John Henry Newman. John Henry Newman was a free churchman who decided at one stage of his life that God was calling him to become a Roman Catholic and finished up becoming a cardinal in the Roman Catholic Church. Perhaps he's best known to most of us as the person who wrote the hymn Praise to the Holiest in the Height. But uh, here he writes a few words about God calling people. And this is what he said. 
God has created me to do him some definite piece of service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. 